Hello, and welcome to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. I'm Gib Gerard, alongside none other than John Tesh. John, how you doing? Ho, ho, ho. That's my new thing now. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, instead of uh, all right, all right, all right, I'm just going to ho, ho, ho. And then once a year, it'll be cool. Tesh Claus? Yeah, thank you. Okay, our guest this week is Jim McCann, founder and chairman of 1-800-Flowers. We're going to talk to him. He's going to talk about, uh, well, a lot about Valentine's Day, but in particular, the trends he's seen with gift giving on Valentine's Day over his several decades. I mean, was it 60 years in the flower yeah, business? He started, many people don't know this, 1-800-Flowers started as a corner flower shop. He only got into the 1-800 number, uh, the 1-800 number when, he, when, when that became a craze. So he just was ahead of the curve on that. So he literally ran a corner flower shop, expanded it, and then turned it into the giant empire that it is. So he's going to tell us the trends he's seen in Valentine's Day. And also, one of my personal favorite things he's going to tell you guys about um, in addition to some really heartwarming stuff about right, sure. about uh, about the importance of of using Valentine's Day to reach out to somebody, uh, even if you don't even if you don't think they want to hear from you, just saying using it as an excuse to show love, but uh, also a really dark story about uh, that one client. I'm not going to tell you the details, but there's some pretty some pretty some pretty nasty stuff goes on on Valentine's Day in terms of uh, yeah. I, of I got that, I got that one out of him. You did. I took a risk. You did. Okay. So anyway, the the other thing I wanted to say here is it's like oh, do I really want to hear from the uh, the founder and chairman of One Eight Hundred Flowers? Is this a commercial? So it, Jim McCann, yes, he is a he is an advertiser on our show, and it started that way. Okay, but. Uh, when we got to know him, we realized that this is, if you're an entrepreneur or you're thinking oh, about starting time. a business or enhancing your business, he is amazing at teaching that, A. And B, he, he understands that when you it's sowing and reaping. He understands when you sow into uh, businesses and also um, 401c3s uh, you know, and charities that it comes back on you. And, mm-hmm. and so he has spent so much of his life dealing with, with hospitals and training people. And, and so he's really been a mentor uh, of mine and now yours, I know, too. Yeah. And so we, we just really wanted to, um, to have a conversation with him. And he's, not only that, but he's just he's really funny. He is. Yeah. And, he, he, and CEOs come to him for advice all the time. As, as well they should. Look, you know, the, 1-800 Flowers, publicly traded company. I think it's private now again. But at one point, it was a publicly traded company. He literally built it as a bartender Starting a flower, a corner flower business, and then expanded it into the into the organization that it became. So absolutely incredible uh, uh, guy to listen to. He really knows business from the from the bottom to the top. And now he just uh, he gets to talk to people like us, and now people like you. And can we um, can we give people just before we get started with uh, with Jim McCann? Can we give people a couple of little uh, Valentine's tips? That, well, uh, it is Valentine's Day week. Yeah, I would expect yeah. nothing less from yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. And so it might be your first Valentine's Day. Hopefully, it won't be your you know your last for a while. <laughs> But uh, but but I know really. Sometimes you I'm, get dark. I'm like the dark guy. Once you're married 27 years, you get sort of dark on Valentine's I, Day. I guess. You know, you know? Oh yeah. So uh, listen, our researchers came up with some stuff, and I find this uh, really good cocktail uh, knowledge. First of all, I didn't know this, but candy hearts were originally medical lozenges. It's ridiculous. So th- this is back in the 1800s. Valentine's Day is, is is pretty old. Yeah. So the lozenges were made from a mixture of medicine and sugar paste. Sounds good. It was a popular um, uh, remedy for sore throats and other illnesses. And then a uh, Boston pharmacist named Oliver Chase's uh, invented, uh, named Oliver Chase, invented a machine that simplified the production process. And it occurred to him that he could make candy that way too. And so the candy heart and the Necco wafers were invented by him. Okay, so more information about that. This year for Valentine's Day, there's a shortage of Necco wafers and candy hearts because Necco went out of business. Yeah. The New England Candy Company, that's what right. Necco stands for. Oh, I didn't for. even know that. That's good. Yeah. 
And so uh, that company went out of business, and they are the makers of Sweethearts, uh-huh. the traditional yeah, Valentine's yeah. Day candy hearts. You're talking about with be, the, be mine and all yeah, with the, the little yeah. things written on them. So the that brand in the in the uh, in the going bankrupt process got bought by another candy maker, and that candy maker uh, didn't have enough lead time to make enough candy hearts for this Valentine's Day. So if you get those, some of them. Turn around and sell them on eBay because some of them are going oh for a pretty gosh. penny. Look, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, but it's like, what are you doing, honey? Why are you up so late? I'm s- selling candy wafers. We're talking um, to an entrepreneur on the show that's today. Right, I that's thought right. it would be that's entrepreneurial. Right. That's right. And one more, wearing your heart on your sleeve is apparently more than just a phrase. So in the Middle Ages, young men and women, they drew names to see who their Valentine would be. That's cute. And according to the Smithsonian, they would wear the name pinned to their sleeve for one week so that everybody would know. Who their intended was? This sounds they're, like they're my random intended. Sounds like my high school years. Who used to do goofy stuff like that? Here, wear my, wear my, uh, my sports jacket, my varsity yeah. jacket. Yeah, yeah it's not uncommon. Yeah, you know, I. Yeah. I <laughs> it's that weird, but uh, when I was dating my my wife in college, uh, I I would wear her soccer jersey around. Oh yeah, it's weird. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, whatever. Well, she was a an all American, so yeah. there you go. Uh, and then there was one other thing. Oh yeah. So um, 43% of millennials have chosen Valentine's Day as their top choice of day to propose or be proposed to. Ah, it's, uh, uh, I feel a, like, uh, okay, so great. It's a romantic day. It's, I, I totally get it. And if the timing is right in your relationship, why not? Yeah, but, yeah. but I also think there's something kind of beautiful about it being on your own day. Yeah. Not being on the day that yeah, everybody does it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's like uh, the guy from uh, not everybody loves Raymond, but um, who was the who's the psychiatrist that came out of Cheers? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, so he his we're <laughs> terrible with names right now. I'm tired or something. He he um, Fraser Crane. Fraser Crane. Yeah, he he uh, got married on his dog's birthday, and his and his wife found out about it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you need to do to memorize it, that's uh, yeah. is what you need yeah, yeah. to do. All right, the next voice you're going to hear is Gib Gerard. Introducing our friend, Jim McCann. Jim McCann, founder and chairman of 1-800-Flowers. Thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. Good to be here. Uh, so, get a chance to sit down at this busy time of year. <laughs> well, yeah, so, so, so take, take us to Valentine's Day. Obviously, it's, it's, it's now. Uh, uh, you have been in the flower business for years, a long time. And uh, uh, I'm sure you've seen, you've seen a lot of trends in, in what people decide to get for Valentine's Day. Why, uh, what, what has been, the, what has been the, your favorite, the, the number one thing that you've noticed in terms of, of your customers getting, um, getting flowers for Valentine's Day, why they chose flowers? Well, I, I think uh, I think it uh, predates even my involvement in the flower mm. business. Yeah. Maybe back to the beginning of time. That, I didn't realize it existed before days. you came along. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't sure either. <laughs> it, it was only 112 years ago that I started uh, <laughs> as a fairly young man. But uh, you know, the flowers go back to you know the legend of Valentine's Day is that there was a uh, in Rome the, there was persecution of the Christians and one of them was a priest named Valentine oh. who uh, who smuggled uh, love notes from his fellow prisoners who he was calling on in his priestly capacity uh, to to their loved ones and so uh, the the term uh, supposedly was born that he was delivering a Valentine uh, to the wow. wives and girlfriends of the prisoners that he was caring for, visiting and and then smuggling those notes out to uh, to their loved ones. So that's the legend of how 
uh, St. Valentine's or Valentine's Day uh, yeah. uh, came about. Whether or not it's true, it's a wonderful time of the year for us to think about and express ourselves to uh, the people in our lives who we have love and affection for. What I like as a florist, uh, perhaps from a selfish point of view, is it's not just about your sweetheart anymore. It's not just about your wife or your girlfriend or your husband mm-hmm. or your boyfriend. It's uh, I find lots of folks now uh, using not just roses. Roses are still the most popular flower at Valentine's right. Day. Right. And it used to be red roses, and now there's such a beautiful array of color and uh, styles of roses that uh, it's it's a – panorama of uh, of color roses available which wasn't the case when i started in this mm. business it was just red yeah um, that people are expressing themselves with floral and other gifts but certainly on the floral side with a wide range of flowers and uh to a wide range of people so uh my my kids will uh, have been getting uh, floral gifts from me my daughter in particular for a long long time and i see people saying you know who is it i want to express myself to and i remember back 25 years ago in the business uh, a lady who was one of our supervisors in our service center uh, was telling me a story of something she had been working on during the day, the day before Valentine's Day, one of our busiest days of the year. And it was a man, I'm going to guess he was in his early 40s, and he had an aunt that uh, lived just north of Pittsburgh, but in a quite rural spot. And she was having a dickens of a time to find a way to get the order he wanted to send to her for Valentine's Day delivered. So she wound up calling the hardware store in the town that she on the map figured out was nearby and the hardware store happened to be owned by the police chief and he was both the hardware guy and a police chief i mean yes said, diversity diversification exactly you got to have more than one gig and he said i i know exactly where she lives uh it is kind of remote and no we don't have a florist in this town but uh if you can get the flowers to me i'll be happy to deliver them on my way home tonight wow. so she was telling me she spent a couple of hours on this and made that man happy and that nice young fellow was sending those flowers to his aunt to say that uh, he had great emotions for her. And for, for some reason, Valentine's Day always stood out for him as a memory about her. Hmm. And though he lived in California, he wanted her to know that he was thinking about her on Valentine's Day. And Gloria, the lady who, who was handling this, told me that she spoke to the woman and she was in tears and she was happy. And this nice uh, hardware store police chief <laughs> had done this good deed for her. And she was so happy that her nephew remembered her. So what we like to incite and incent our customers to think about here is this is a wonderful time of the year to think about the five, six, let's say 12 or a dozen people that you could express yourself to at Valentine's Day. Look, if you want to send flowers or chocolates or a food, we have it. But <laughs> But you don't have to do that. You might just make a phone call. Yeah. You might send a handwritten note. You might, uh, you might, if it's a guy, you might say to your wife, when I was six, I made this little card for my mom and dad at the holidays time with coupons in it that I'd put out the trash or I'd, I'd wash the floor or I'd wash the dog. Uh, you can do funny and corny things. But how about it? thinking of a dozen people without spending a nickel? You could make feel terrific mm-hmm. this week, this weekend. By just telling them, you're in my thoughts, I smile every time I think about you, and I wanted to let you know how, how fond I am of you, and, and, the, and I love what the role you played in my life. That's a power we each have yeah. to express ourselves, and it costs us nothing. So if we're in the business of inciting and sending, that's what we'd like to incite. I think you made a great point. I mean, Valentine's Day is just an excuse to do that, but I think it's something we could be doing every single day, would be reaching out to people that we care about and that we love. 
I, I, I think that's an important message, Gib, but I think these calendared events are triggers or monuments right. to make us right. think about it. Right, for because sure. Because none of us do it enough. Yeah. And, and, I'm, and I'm in a business, and I got to tell you, I don't tell my assistant, Patty, uh, who's been my victim now for 26 <laughs> years, I don't tell her often enough how she makes my life so much more fun, so much more productive and efficient, and I, my life would not be nearly as good with, without her. It would be shambles without her, and I don't tell her that often enough, so you just reminded me. <laughs> you know, we, we had a piece on the show recently about, you know, because now it's, a, it's all the fMRI stuff where, where people are walking around with, with scanners on their heads, <laughs> yeah. people from, from uh, you know, UC Berkeley. Who do you hang out with with people with the scanners on their heads? <laughs> I saw him the other day at Starbucks. Said, yeah, I'm just trying to get the effects of coffee here. Um, and... and uh, and what they found, right, was that when you do what you just talked about, if you just say, you, you, you think of like, I think of, 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 of Mr. Wagner, my trumpet teacher, you know, at, right. at Stewart Avenue School in Garden City, you know, and, and you, you, you stop and you say, I just want to tell you, and you have to figure out how to, how to reach him. <laughs> For me, it was like a handwritten note, how much, yeah. how much that training yeah. meant to me and how much, how much your mentorship meant. And, and so, okay, that, that reaches him. He's like, oh man, that's great. But what they discovered is how much more it does for you when you actually right. go through the process yeah. of doing that and when you, when, when you come up with an altruistic uh, comment for somebody, you know? I remember a story, John, that you told about, uh, I think it was your uncle, when you were selected at Garden City High School to be part of a Nassau County-wide choir, how he went and bought up all the, all the tickets to take a, the, a broad set of your family and friends to that concert. And you remember how important that was to you, even mm -hmm. though... The choir master asked you not to sing, just to lip sync. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. But, yeah, but but the the other thing that happened was when I was playing. Uh, <laughs> since we're gonna get dark. I mean, I, uh, this is this is a podcast about Valentine's right, Day. Right, just right, want to point. Right, right. Well, forget that story because it wasn't. It, was, it didn't turn out great. Keep we'll, going. We'll, we'll we'll do that in the outtakes. Right? But but I, I have this question because this is so me. Right? Is um <laughs> is how do you deal with the people like me who, like, 48 hours before Valentine's Day, are like, oh my gosh, I oh my gosh, for my wife, my girlfriend? Is, is, how do you deal with that logistically at the company? It, uh, Val it, it's a little bit like watching sausage being made. You don't want to do it. <laughs> and, and we've been doing this for so long that we, we know how to staff up and uh, get the right flowers in the right spots and the right conditioning and the right trucks and all of that stuff. And, and rest assured, we know how to do that. And we've been doing it for a long time and, and with some degree of success. But rest assured, this is a pain in the neck holiday for us. Hmm. Not one we make a lot of money at. We, it's hard to because our costs go so high. Mm -hmm. But it's a chance to uh, acquire a whole lot of new customers. Uh, uh, at Valentine's Day, the, the switch of our customers goes back to being much more male than female. Year-round, it's much more female customers. At Valentine's Day, it's a heavier concentration of men as customers. And so we, we, we know how to do that. First of all, we remind them <laughs> that it's coming. Second of all, we uh, we uh, logistically provide that we can do by, but there's a limit. We sell out every year. There's just so much we can do. Right. The demand is is so high. So we try and take care of our regular customers first by reminding them, and they have access to us in a bunch of different ways. But it is the holiday that gave me the hairline that I have. Is, is it the number one? Is it the number one flower day for you guys uh, of the year? Nope. Uh, the biggest holiday for us is the Christmas holiday. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a surprise. All our food gifts. 
floral, um, the biggest holiday is a Mother's Day. I, I would get a guess Apparently, there. there are a lot more moms than sweethearts. Well, everybody's and, got uh, a mom. Some people are single. Some people have several of them. Yeah. Uh, mom, a grandmom, a mother-in-law. Right. So there's lots of moms in your life. Uh, and But Valentine's Day is a tricky one. It's hard. You know, weather is much more of an issue. February right. is a lot tougher. Uh, we're watching for snowstorms and ice storms. And last year we had that, that dam in Northern California that caused the interstate to be closed. So mm -hmm. our trucks couldn't get, you know. Mm -hmm. So the, it's a 24-7, seven-day march uh, to, to handle all the business. It's ugly, but we're doing it for a long time. But we never, ever can fulfill all the demands, so we do sell out. Boy, I bet, and, and you know, uh, <laughs> I I have to, not to get to the dark side here, but okay. I, I have to tell you that I, I was, uh, we had business. You really where, like going dark I really today. do, because it's, we're talking to the guy who knows where all this, you know, where, where everything happens. He knows and, how you know, the proverbial sausage gets made. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was doing a, th uh, what was the, uh, OnStar. So I was doing a, a story, uh, we, they were an advertiser for us for years, and I was actually doing an infomercial with them. So I spent like a week at, at the OnStar uh, Central, there, right? Where all the all the uh, op operators are there, the right? Were, yeah. So I don't know if you know where this is going, but um, but finally I beat them down, right? Because they're not supposed to talk, right? Right. But I beat them down. And I said, hey, so what? What are the weirdest calls that you get, and what oh, are the most no. consistent uh, calls that, that you get that make you really uncomfortable? And they're like, well, I get, yeah, yeah. And so uh, it was basically um, women and uh, uh, husbands and wives who will call in and say, hey. I think my husband is cheating on me. Can you find him, right? And and or or my you know whatever. And they're like, Nah, I'm sorry, I, you know I I, I I can't do that. So this is setting <laughs> setting up the question for you: Is do you have people who are calling up going, Oh wait, I sent that I sent that. Oh and, and wow, I, this I, is dark. I, it's dark. <laughs> oh I sent that to my girlfriend. I meant to send it to my wife. You, you don't can't have say, to answer the question, but you can't say Catherine. You got to say Catherine <laughs> off of the labeling. You get priest to tell you what they heard in confession quicker than you'll get me to tell you. That was the longest question ever. I just ruined the, the question. Yeah, next I'll question. Get dark. <laughs> Earliest days, I shop on First Avenue, Manhattan. One of our good customers is a restaurateur just a block away. Crazy guy, fun guy. Uh, he comes in and he orders uh, six different arrangements. Mm going to six different women, each card signed to my one and only. <laughs> oh, my God. He stops back three or four times during the course of the day. Did it get delivered? Did they all get delivered? Yes. Okay. They're all, all been delivered. He goes, oh, yeah, this is the end of the day now. There's like nothing left in the story. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. Give me, give me something for my wife. Oh, my, oh my gosh. <laughs> That is uh, that is that is dark. We we asked for dark. So we got no dark. No name, no attribution. Yeah. So much for the priest comment. We got, we got what we needed. Thank you so much. Uh, well, I, I I don't. I just I literally do not know how how we're going to top that as far as a Valentine's Day story. But I, I will ask why why do you think? I mean, Saint Valentine. It's such a beautiful. Um, such a beautiful look at what exactly uh, started this tradition. And now it is kind of about sweethearts. It's, it's less about that platonic love or that yep. uh, lifelong love you were talking about before. It's more about romantic love. But um, why do you think flowers are so popular uh, at this time of year? Well, I think they, uh, it, it, it's not unrelated to how they help us to express themselves in all the celebratory mm -hmm. moments in our life, mm -hmm. uh, from uh, new babies to sympathy and, and all the wonderful milestones in between. 
but it, it's uh, people describe uh, poets have described uh, flowers as God's artwork, mm. and uh, clearly, uh, metaphysically, uh, uh, physiologically, they have a uh, they have an ability to impact how we feel. Flowers in a room d- demonstrably change uh, people's uh, emotions, and uh, and uh, they have this wonderful almost undescribable effect on people. So naturally, it's a great way to express yourself around something as important and uh, and emotional as love and affection. So I think it's just been unreplaceable. And throughout all the technological uh, innovation, uh, flowers have continued to be the most important way to express yourself around these important occasions mm. and foremost among those, uh, Valentine's Day. Mm. And by the way, even if you're a shoemaker, or in my case, a florist, if I if I came home without uh, flowers for Valentine's Day, I'd have it explained to me quite uh, vociferously how important they are to express yourself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you said that earlier that that roses are still the number one, particularly red roses for Valentine's Day. Um, you obviously, in running the business for so many years, you you know every flower type. What is the sleeper flower? What is the flower? that I could get, uh, that, that anybody could get, that would be the sort of, um, that you think is the most beautiful and perfect Valentine's Day, it's not the rose? Well, I th- from a trends point of view, tulips, because we can yeah. grow tulips in the wintertime in greenhouses, and they're a bulb flower, and they just have a beautiful uh, uh, array of color uh, available now in tulips. Tulips have become uh, right there, I'd say, second to uh, to mm. roses in terms of popularity at uh, at uh, Valentine's Day. But the other one that I think uh, that uh, that people have taken to more and more because of their longevity are lilies. Mm. So you can get a a beautiful bouquet of lilies, long stem lilies, that'll just last and last and last two, three, four weeks in your home and you can clip off the buds as they fade. And it's just easy to care for and just majestic looking flower that can be in your home for quite a while. You know, uh, we had talked on our Facebook Live, uh, Jim, about uh, about where you guys are headed as far as embracing uh, an uncomfortable topic, which is which is sympathy, and so I think the podcast audience would you know would like to know um, where where can where can people get information first of all on what to do when somebody's dealing with a loss, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's a you know whether it's a a, a a human loved one or even or even a pet who has become a member. Uh, of the family. First of all, do you have tips on, 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 on how you should act and how you should, and, and how you should, um, uh, make decisions on how to act a, and then, and then B where people can get more information. Yes, John, uh, we've been, we've been dabbling here in the, in the social sciences a bit by engaging in a dialogue with our customers, bringing some professionals to the table to help make that conversation bigger, louder, more meaningful, more impactful, uh, bringing in anthropologists and uh, experts on on death and grieving, and helping to get an interesting, thoughtful conversation going in a social media sphere uh, that A, is interesting, B, is helpful, and generates information that other people can use. So it's populated on our site in terms of frequently asked questions, had different observances about different religions, the appropriate etiquette as it continually changes in terms of social media. I would say uh, 10, 15 years ago, if if you were to post on Facebook that you had a loss on a family, people would be, geez, is that appropriate? It seems impersonal. But now if they didn't, 
it'd be unacceptable because how else would people learn quickly enough to know? So right. the rituals are changing, the rights are changing, and uh, the conversation we have going with your audience, with you, with Gib, the information we're collecting, we're finding is really thoughtful, impactful, and really making a difference in people's lives. So when someone uh, comes to us on a telephone, on our site, and says, uh, I have a, a fellow named Dinesh who I work with at the company. He's in the IT department. He's Indian. We just heard that his dad passed and he's returning to India. How do, what do we do? Mm. How do we express ourselves? Yeah, yeah. So those are the kinds of things we can ask you. Differences by religion. So if you're Jewish or you're Muslim mm. and you have a loss, flowers aren't the appropriate way to express yourself, but food gifts are. Mm -hmm. And which food gifts? And what's the symbolism? And how should what should you say? And then beyond gifts, what what can you do? Uh, how can you express yourself when you I, I was chatting with a young man a young professional he lost his dad and i happened to be in his office about 30 people in the office and uh it was his first day back to work he lost his dad at a very young age he was maybe 31 or two so his dad was in his i think mid 50s and it was a, quite a surprise and his name was frank and i said as i run into him in the break room where we're each getting a cup of uh, tea and I said, uh, geez, Frank, I, I just wanted to tell you how, how sorry I was to hear about your dad. Gave him a, a little hug. I know him pretty well. And he said to me, oh, I'm so glad you said that. He said, everybody around here is on pins and needles. Mm -hmm. They don't know what to say to me. They don't know uh, what they should do. I, I, and he says, it's making me feel even more uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, I, I never thought of that. You know, that, as you said, John, what should we do? What should we say? How do we express ourselves? Should we send a note? Should we make a phone call? Should we offer to help out? Should we send over a casserole? Any of those things in the realm of possibility. So we're trying to have that dialogue and we're trying to be useful and helpful to our customers by helping thoughtful customers of ours who have good ideas share those ideas in a public kind of way with our other customers. Gib, do you know what a casserole is? I'm not sure that you would. You know, know. I, 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 it's a, it's a it's Protestant lasagna. Exactly. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, you know what's really really wild, Gib, is that you and I and, and Connie were just talking about your church. Gib has an incredibly ethnically diverse church. Mm -hmm. And the pastor, one of his, uh, Adam, uh, one of his challenges, and he, he's told us, you know, privately, is talking to the different ethnicities and, you know, everything from, from the way you, the, the, the tone and the loudness of your voice to not yep. pointing. Uh, and so the fact that you brought in an anthropologist to help you deal with, with you know, North right. America, for example, that is more ethnically diverse than ever before is, is, is a good idea for sure. Yep. And, you know, another subject that I, I, I've, I know you and I have chatted about that, that we're just starting to do some work on to get a, 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 another conversation, not totally unrelated. You'll see uh, a, another conversation going is I read an article uh, uh, by a couple of really bright uh, reporters for The Wall Street Journal, and uh, they work out at a Washington, D.C. office, and uh, they did a really thoughtful look at the disease no one's talking about. Mm. So I, I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but it's an important topic, and that is loneliness. Hmm. They, they, they wrote and researched and reported on the fact that uh, particularly my generation, baby boomers, are the loneliest generation because of the challenges uh, that are different than generations before. Sure. And, uh, you know, we all, we all see it. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, I was, uh, we were just t talking about the homeless population. When there was someone just did a little story I saw online about the homeless population where you guys are in L.A. County, 
55,000 people, but it's not just the homeless. It's the people who are just lonely. I, right. we, they mm-hmm. were talking in this story about a woman who was 67 years old. Uh, she uh, got divorced uh, from her first husband, married at 42, another gentleman. Two years later, he passed away. It caused a rift in her family. Her two daughters were estranged from her. And uh, so the, the divorce caused a, a, a network to shrink. She had no money. And boom, she she was lonely. And, she, and, and that causes us to overall deteriorate in terms right. of our mental health, our physical health. And I just think we're, we're trying to we're trying to stimulate that conversation among our, our, our customers, among our public to see what can we do in even little tiny ways to have an influence on people. More importantly, right. what can each of us do? So Thanksgiving uh, is a time of the year uh, where we all think about family and gathering. And what we always try and do is incite and incent people to say, who around the office would be really appreciate an invitation to join your family gathering right. and be a part of it. Right. Uh, if, you, if you're not with a lot of family, a friend of mine says, I gather uh, 15, 20 people every year uh, from around different walks, and we all gather in my apartment. We have the best time because it's all onesies and twosies, people who, are, who can't return home to where their family's right. from or people who don't come from big families. And it sounds like your church, Gib, it's very ecumenical. Yes, and, uh, and and interesting gatherings and interesting rites and rituals come from that. But uh, a topic that we're looking at, and where uh, some uh, Melissa, who I mentioned earlier, who does all that work on sympathy for us, is is spearheading some efforts to see who's doing interesting research there and who's doing interesting suggestions and opportunities to how to be conscious of it and try and break it down. And I, I think you know that, that actually not to bring this back to Valentine's Day, but I think that. You make a great point there where there are all these people that need to be reached out to uh, and who and 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 flowers are a great way to do it. But any kind of conversation around around Valentine's Day or, or any time of year. But Valentine's Day is that monument where we can yep. reach out to them and fight that that disease of loneliness. And I think I think too many of us. I mean, John, you just had an experience with this where you had on your heart to reach out to somebody and you missed your opportunity to reach out to them. So I want to encourage everybody listening right now. Um, you can tell that story in a second if you want, but but I want to encourage everybody listening there right now to use Valentine's Day as an excuse. It doesn't have to be flowers, it doesn't have to be food, but to reach out and tell somebody that you've been thinking of that you love them and miss them. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm sure people have had this before. Uh, you know, we were actually in a, um, uh, a a conference in 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 Dallas, and it was a uh, it was a divine healing conference, and it, it was. With discussing the, the the Bible scriptures that that actually got me healed from uh, from cancer, and I just had this overwhelming feeling that oh my gosh I, I have to call my friend, um, and I didn't. And this was on a Saturday, and he died on Monday, and uh, and I've I've made the other decision before mm. where uh, where I, I said I got to call my uncle, and and I and I did. And then, and he passed away. <laughs> I guess you just don't want me to call you. <laughs> but the um, phone call of death. Oh really, no, yeah, John Tesh like, is calling me. It's like that cat that jumps on the bed, yeah. and then you're, you're done. You know, eating blankets. But it, but it is when you have that. That's that thing I was talking about uh, when we were doing the Facebook Live of uh, of being flat footed. You know, mm-hmm. the moment you feel like, eh, then just jump in, right? Yep. Same way with expressing yeah, I, your love on Valentine's Day at all. Don't be flat footed. I said it's the same thing with expressing your love on Valentine's Day at all. Don't be flat footed. Find yes. you, you know, make everybody your Valentine. And uh, my suggestion is uh, Valentine's weekend, you know, to give someone a uh, box of chocolates or a bouquet or a handwritten note is saying, I just couldn't wait until the 14th to tell you how much I love yeah. you. 
Lovely. And and the other thing I should say is because I've been married to an Italian for 27 years, is no you matter, always sleep with one eye open exactly <laughs> <laughs> with the dagger under underneath your pillow. It is no matter how much. This is just advice to my fellow men because I'm 66 years old. I've had a little bit of experience. No matter how much your wife or your girlfriend or whatever says. Listen, Valentine's Day is just one of those made-up things. <laughs> yeah, don't, I, don't, I don't need anything. You just just pretend you heard nothing and and proceed. Amen. Amen. It's part of the code. Yeah. <laughs> Understand what they're really saying. Right, right. Jim McCann, founder of One Eight Hundred Flowers, chairman of the board, and uh, you do you do so many things now. But uh, thank you for talking to us about Valentine's Day traditions. And then we got we got dark for a little while. But uh, but the big takeaway that was my fault. The big takeaway is use Valentine's Day as an excuse to show somebody in your life that you love them and help fight that disease of loneliness, whether it's a loved one uh, or a, a uh, this is such a weird word to use a lover, like a a romantic love. There you go, uh, or or just somebody that you've been missing in your life. We all have the power to change how someone else's feel by a simple gesture. Ooh, I'm getting the t-shirts printed up now. That was awesome. That was <laughs> thank you so much. That's it for today. Thank you guys so much for listening, uh, as always. If you want to find up, uh, find out more about us, you can find us on social media. You can find John Tesh. He is at facebook.com slash John Tesh. That's where we spend the most of our time. We do Facebook Lives, including a different Facebook Live interview with Jim McCann. So you by the, by the way, out. those guys also own and run um, uh, Harry and David. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. You get sausage that comes right to your house. Right. Look, mail-order sausage is the greatest invention in the history of mankind. Don't at me. Anyway, uh, (laughs) uh, also your your Twitter, at John Tesh, Instagram, at John Tesh, underscore IFYL. I am Gib Gerard, Facebook.com slash Gib Gerard, at Gib Gerard on Facebook, or uh, on Instagram and Twitter. (laughs) I try to respond to every message and, 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 uh, and any interaction, any advice you guys have for the show, let us know. As usual, please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. It makes a big difference. It helps us out a lot if you can do those things. And most importantly, please tell somebody else about the show. It helps us get more listeners. And more than anything else, we just want you to know, happy Valentine's Day. We love each and every one of you, and we appreciate you so very much. So thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts for listening. 